All right, so we're not headed back into Luke just yet. We are still talking about growth and we're still talking about how we can grow as believers. We're talking about the challenges that face us as infants and as uh, mature Christians. We're talking about what God is doing in our church. We're talking about small groups. I, 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 I can't stress enough as we come into week three of small groups. I know you've heard it. You're going to keep on hearing it. Here is why. If you will look around the room right now and the last couple of weeks as we have really come out of COVID and really nobody's worried about it anymore and summer is gone because that's when people are on vacation or just choose not to come and, and we've gotten back into the flow for about three to five weeks now. Most of the people, when I say most, I mean 80% or more of the people who are still in our church post the COVID experience were involved in small groups before COVID started. That is true, that is real, and that is literally across the country, all right? Why? Because that's where you connect, all right? That's why people talk, and we're not going to name names. In larger churches, they have fantastic preaching. Sorry about that, all right? Fantastic music, all right? But you can come and go as you please. Maybe I can go and not be noticed today. And that is all well and good until it's time to grow, until it's time to be rooted, until it's time to plant. And then it is, and here's what it's become in our day and time. We are so self-centered and so self-focused. Then it is, well, I'm not being fed. I don't like what he said. I just don't feel connected every single time. You in a small group? Well, no. Disconnected. All right. Now, I, I have every intention of challenging myself and each of you this morning from spiritually immature to spiritually semi-mature to I think I'm mature and I'm really not to mature Christians. I have every intention of this passage and this message challenging you. It's not that it's that difficult, but it is very straightforward. If we are going to grow, there is pruning involved. If we are going to grow, there is pruning involved. If we are going to grow, we have to be like those signs in the mall. If you're going to find where you're going, you have to know what? Where you are, where you've been or where you are. The sign says doesn't say you were there. It says you are here and then you can see the direction. So you have to, if you're not incredibly honest about where you are, we can't figure out where we're going. All right? Because I don't treat, and we're going to use this a lot today, I don't give directions to a one-year-old the same way I give directions to a five-year-old, the same way I give directions to a 12-year-old, the same way I give directions to a 22-year-old or a 16-year-old. It's always different based on the situation. you got to know where you are, okay? Let's dig into this passage. Today is about milk and meat. Milk and meat, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read several passages because I want you to see that the Bible actually talks about this quite a lot. But this is the one we're going to study from today. Brothers and sisters, all right? Church, 
people of all shapes, sizes, races, greens, colors, and sex. I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Mere infants in Christ. Now, let's, let's be clear. He's talking to the church at Corinth, all right? And from an outside perspective, this would be the church at Vegas, okay? That's what this would be. This would be the church at L.A. This would be the church in the cities where it is evident by the standards that we hold that they are not living by it no matter what they are saying. Now, let's be real. It's also the church at Nicholasville. It's also the church at Wilmore. It's also the church at Junction City. There is no difference. They're magnified because they got more people. They're bigger places. They're on the news. All have sinned and fall short. So let's not point fingers here unless we're pointing them right here. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you, Paul says, as people who live by the Spirit. I'd like to address you as people who live by the Spirit, but I cannot address you that way. I gave you milk, not solid food. Not because that was all that you needed, but because that's what you could ingest at the time. I gave you what you could handle, for you were not yet ready. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. The word here that I want to talk about is fleshly, all right? For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Listen, since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not acting like mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? What, after all, is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned each to his task. I planted seeds. Apollos watered. God brings growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. Only God is the one who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have a purpose. Each does a different thing, but they both have a purpose. And they will be rewarded according to their labor. For we are all co-workers in God's service. You are God's field and God's building. Now we're going to work back through that one, but I want to show you a couple other things. In fact, by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Here's what Paul says. I have fed you milk, I have fed you milk, I have fed you milk, and I still have to feed you milk. I have to feed you milk because of the way that you act. I have to feed you milk because of the way that you react. I have to feed you milk because of the way that you respond. Because if you were acting more mature, I could feed you more deeply. Paul's saying, grow up. I want to give you steak. And you're still sucking on the formula. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, and oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 I'm going to do that one later. I'm going to do that one later. All right. That's later. All right. Now, let's back up. Let's talk about where we are. We're talking about spiritual maturity here. We're talking about how we act, how we respond, how we dig in, how we learn, whether or not we want to grow, all right? Let's talk about, let's talk about babies for a minute. Have you ever heard somebody say, a mommy say, a daddy say, 
I just wish they'd stay this little forever. You lie. You lie. All right? All right? You lie because you're not sleeping. Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen from the Rankins? Can I get a yes? I got some folks that would attest to this truth. All right? And then, and then they get older and you're like, good. I don't have to feed them. I don't have to get up. We can, we can move to the bottle. That's good news because mama gets a break, right? All right? Mama can get a break. And then we move to the spoon. And then there's that precious day when what? They start feeding themselves. Here's the problem. Through all of those stages, sometimes mama's responsible, sometimes mom and dad are responsible. Pretty soon, the kids are responsible for what is going in. But during this stage, you are still responsible for what's coming out. Doesn't matter who changed the inflow. We still have to clean up the mess on the outflow, right? Can I just tell you preachers feel that way sometimes? I feel like sometimes I feed you. I feel like sometimes small group leaders feed you and I get a break. I feel like sometimes you feed you. But you know what? I feel like sometimes I'm stealing with what's coming out. Because growth is not really taking place. Ultimately, we stay toddlers. Now I'm going to ask a really, 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 really hard question right now. A hard, a difficult question. I've been here a little, little, barely over nine years now. Very few, but about six to eight of you have been here all nine. A lot of the people in this room have been here six, seven, maybe eight years. Some of you have been here four, five, or six years. Here's the question. What's the difference in you now? What is the difference in you now as opposed to when you walked through these doors for the very first time? If you're sitting here and letting me preach to you and preach to you and preach to you and preach to you every single week and nothing is changing, I love you. I desire for you to stay with us, but I am telling you right now, you don't need to be here. This is, this is, this is a, a showcase for you. This is, a, this is a, a performance. There are others of you who came in here. Man, you came in here and, and I, I couldn't keep you from painting. I couldn't keep you from cleaning commodes. I couldn't keep you from a trip. I couldn't keep you from serving in 17 different places. I had to come to you and say, you need to slow down a little bit. But there are some of those same people now that I can't get to do anything. True story. You need to ask yourself, is there, is there any fruit? Is there any fruit? And I had to look back this week. When I asked this question, look, I asked this question. And I was like, man, I know what they can do. If they really want to, they can take their finger and they can go, isn't that on you? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But for the same reason the people who are still in this church or the people who are in small groups, the people who are still serving, still tithing, still giving, still learning are also the people who are in small groups. They're also the people who are serving. They're also the people who are connecting with me. They're also the people who are beyond Sunday morning. 
I told you this would be hard. But we got to get real. Because I'm tired of the same number just flipping. 120 to 160 just flipping, you know? I believe it's coming. and We have to be prepared. Well, Craig, how, how do you know? I mean, how, how do you know uh, what, what we're doing? Well, uh, let's talk about this for a minute. He uses this word worldly or, or fleshly, all right? The two words are actually different. The fleshly and the worldly or the worldly and of the world, they're not actually translated exactly right. In the Greek, they're only one letter apart, right? All right, they just switch out uh, what we would use as an N for a K. They're the exact same word with one letter difference. The first time it says, you are still worldly or you are still of the flesh. Now, that is all of us, all right? All right, Scott's of the flesh. Uh, the Allens are of the flesh. The Howards are of the flesh. Craig's of the flesh. We have flesh on. We are flesh and blood. We are human by our very nature. That is okay. All right, we can't help that. You were born. That's like born of water and a spirit. Water is fleshly, all right? Spirit is spiritually. But down here it goes, are you, uh, um, for since you are jealous and quarreling among one another, are you not of the world? Are you not acting like those of the flesh? And here's the difference. This is the same word we use as carnal. Carnal or carnivores. Uh, hunters who will eat and, and, and attack and take from the other. All about self. I just want to exist as a person of the fleshly world, of the human world. The first one you were born into. The second one you choose to stay in. Okay? The difference between spiritually mature and spiritually immature people is spiritually mature people make a choice to become richer, to become wiser, to become more holy, even when it's costly. Let me give you the greatest human example in the world, dieting. How many of you would like to be a different shape or size at some point in the last five years? Can I get a witness? How many of you would like to have the benefits of a healthy diet where you just feel more energy, you just feel more in control, your mind works better? Anybody want that? All right. Who wants to do what it takes to get there? Same thing with your spiritual walk. If I said, who wants to see this church full? Who wants to see them grow? Who wants to see people? All of you be like, yeah, who wants to do the work to get there? Very few want to have a quiet time, want to go to men's ministry. Six and ten. Guys, raise your hand. Every male in the room, raise your hand right now. Raise it. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to raise your hand. About 30. Last week we had six. This week we had ten. That's not a knock. I'm not calling anybody out. I'm simply saying, I've been a personal trainer. I've had people walk into the gym. I've had people say what they wanted. I have outlined a plan for them to do it. They have looked at me like I had two heads. I can't have cake? No. I want you to grow up and be a solid Christian. I can't live with my boyfriend? 
I want you to grow. I want to grow up to be a solid believer. I got to stop with the uh, getting drunk. I want to lose weight. I got to exercise. Church, what do you want me to say? What you want me to say is, just tell me how to be better and make me feel good about myself because I'm in church and I want to get to heaven. I don't preach that way. I can't. I will love you where you are. I will stay there with you. I will be frustrated. I will lose sleep over it at night. I will say your name in vain in my bedroom. Not in a bad way. That didn't come out like I wanted it to. <laughs> Woo! I meant while I'm laying there frustrated at you. Sometimes it happens. Wow. Just remember half the congregation is male, all right? But I will be so frustrated at you. But when you walk through these doors, I will, I will hug you. When you walk through these doors, I will greet you. And those of you who have been here more than a year, you know it. You can sit in my office and tell me whatever you want about me or about you. And I will treat you the same. But I cannot leave you there. And I will not act like it's okay. And I'm going to start getting rid of some of my uh, home anxiety by just saying, hey, love it or leave it. You signed a covenant. Here's what I have to say. And you're not going to like it when I start with stop being a baby. Tired of feeding you and cleaning up your... Well, Craig, how do I know? Well, there's some people who are like, well, I, 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 I pick Paul. And other people who are like, well, I, 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 I pick Apollo. Okay, okay. First of all, if you're spiritually immature, you waft from thing to thing. You, you'll, you'll say, oh, I, I just read this book by Francis Chan, and we will see you, and we will love you for a week, and then we won't see you for a month. And then you'll be back and be like, oh, I got involved in this irresistible church thing, and it was awesome, and that felt really good, and then we'll see you for six weeks, and then we won't see you. Oh, I went to this revival out by the bypass, and I couldn't believe it. I'm back. You're going to see me. I'm in. And then six months later, you're gone again. You don't know who to choose or what to choose because you're choosing things of the world, and you're not choosing Jesus. You're choosing revivals or you're choosing books or you're choosing preachers and not Jesus. But you know what they also do? They also say, well, I'm picking Apollos because I like how he is. Well, I'm picking Paul because of how he is. And then you know what they do? They get in arguments over whether Paul or Apollos are better. And Paul says, you know one of the things that irks me? You guys are so jealous and so at each other's throats that I can't see the forest for the trees. When God's people can't get along. If you are standing out there going, well, I'm not coming to that small group because I don't like him. I can't do this because I don't want to work with him. I can't do this because I don't like them. You're a baby in Jesus. And I will love you through it. But if you don't own it, you will stay a baby. Period. 
Sorry, this is not going to come out right, but grow up! Everybody's worth it, and nobody does the job. God does the job through you. From the toilet cleaners, to the floor moppers, to the mission goers, to the men's ministry leaders, to the small group teachers, to the preacher himself. God does the work through them and we need all of them. Why? Because the mission is more fruit. So if Apollos waters and Paul sows, we need them both and no job is worth any more than the other. Speaking of jobs in the church, you got what I'm looking for? Speaking of jobs in the church, Oh, oh, speaking of jobs in the church, I, 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 I had an epiphany the other day and I need to share it with you. I was in my second office. If you all don't know what that is, everybody got it now? I was in my second office, okay? And I took my seat in my second office and I looked over next to me and I was concerned about the servants and the, the spiritual maturity of our church when I saw this. This is sinful <laughs> and falls short of the glory of God and Apollos and Paul and the preacher. Listen, I'm telling you, you've heard this verse before in 1 Commodians 1.1. It says, every good and perfect role comes from above. <laughs> this is what Jesus wants for you. This is what Jesus wants for you. First Commodians. Listen, folks. I have to tell you that the small jobs matter. They matter. And, and it's really funny because I, there are people in churches everywhere and, and they want to step up for the big jobs. I want to sing. You can't, but you, you want to. I want to, I want to teach. I want to preach. You can't, but you want to. You don't live like it. I can't, I can't, I can't put somebody. People ask me all the time, hey, why do I, why do I got to be, um, I don't know, baptized? Why do I got to be baptized? Or why do I got to be doing this or doing this in order to, to teach in our church? You can't teach people where you won't go. I want every child to grow up tithing, serving, becoming a functional member of a congregation, and getting baptized. If you're none of those things and you want to teach children, help me understand this. I think I just took care of a lot of one-on-ones in one big fell swoop. Help me understand this. I can't have you teaching people where you're not to, to go where you're not willing to go. It's as simple as that. There are also people in the room who think that changing the toilet paper and who think that mopping the floors is, is a lesser job. Every job is important. Man, I found this poem this week, and I want, I want, I want to read this to you. Check this out. I'm going to have to make that bigger. 
Listen, Father, where shall I work today? And my love flowed warm and free. Then he pointed out a tiny spot and said, tend that for me. I answered quickly, oh no, not that. Why, no one would ever see. No matter how well, how well my work was done, not that little place for me. And the word he spoke, it was not stern. He answered tenderly, Ah, little one, search that heart of thine. Art thou not working for them or me? Nazareth was a smaller place, and so was Galilee. Where the Savior was born and where the Savior did all his work. There is not a small group of children in this church. There is not a floor or an air conditioning unit in this church. And right now that's viable. There is not a job that need be done in this church that does not affect every other church. Have you ever had a little pebble in your shoe? A little bitty little pebble. Feels like a fist is underneath your foot. You ever had a little bitty paper cut under your little bitty toe? Nothing. It damages your whole day, though. Your, 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 your body, you can't walk, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're yelling at people. Why? I got a paper cut on my toe. Every little thing matters. Well, Craig, how, 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 do, we, how do we change? It's hard. Yes, it's hard. That's what I was telling you all about when Jamie and I were going through that hard 75. People who have gone through it make fun of people who don't go through it. Even one of my friends put on Facebook the other day, she said, hey guys, anybody want to join me in soft 75? <laughs> that's just an excuse to try to get through something that's too hard for you. I go to the gym when I want to. Have you ever, have you, look, 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 look. Have you ever gone to the gym for more than it, like three years? You know what I hate for people? I hate going to the gym and seeing the same people that I saw when I started there on the same treadmill that I saw when I started there, the same, the same shape that I saw when I started there. I hate that. But you know what their problem is? Love to exercise. They also love to eat. Well, Craig, can't I just do one thing? If I show up for small groups, won't I get mature? No. You'll get a little more mature, but if you're two, that'll only take you to four. Well, you mean, what, what else do I have to do? You got to serve. You got to give. You got to love. You got to act like you like the person sitting next to you in the pew. And then one of these days, all of a sudden, you're going to figure something out. They're not as good as you. They're not as bad as you. And they love you too. And we're all just trying to do this thing together. She's a bad mama. He's a bad dad. He's a bad spouse. He's a bad boss. He's a bad parent. Preacher may be bad all of those things. But here we are doing this life together and somebody needs to water and somebody needs to plant. God is going to grow and then somebody needs to harvest. Craig, what do I do about it? I have the, I have the tips, right? Like when it comes to nutrition, 
I, I, I have learned the things for the body types and for the morning and for the evening and for the fasting and for the what, what's bad for you and for what's good for you and for what make you feel better and what make you not feel better. I mean, somebody came to my house a few weeks ago and said, feed us a meal and give us some things. And they didn't want, they didn't want the list of knowledge that I had. They wanted a few things. And we made a list of like six things. Said, just cut these six things out. Do everything, don't, don't worry about anything else. Just start with these. Man, they've been bouncing in here for the last four weeks like they're newly alive. And I can say that because they're not here this week. But they are. I, I know the tips and the tricks and the ideas and the things to help you spiritually mature. But here's the thing. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your proper act of worship. You have to be willing to lay it all aside. You have to be willing to sacrifice what you want, what you need, what you think that you have to do. You have to be willing to lay it down. And then stop conforming to the world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't get caught up in feeling like you have to get involved in everything the school, in everything the children, in everything the church, in everything the town says you need to be involved in. Stop conforming to the pattern of this world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to have a mind change to start. You've got to change your way of thinking. But I want, no, what does he want? But I need, no, what does he need? then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. Listen to me. None of this will change until you want to change. Well, Craig, everybody sitting in this room wants to change. Lie from the pit of hell. Lie from the pit of hell. Because some of you have been sitting here six years and you're the same as you were when you walked in. Do you want to be spiritually mature? Do you want God to challenge you? Do you want to stand up in the face of another church member in your face and overcome the battle? Do you want your marriage better? Do you want your children to grow up stronger? Or do you want me to tell you that I agree with all the things that you post on Facebook and all the things that you post on Twitter and all the things that you post on about your child so that I'm supposed to lovey-dovey them into paradise? No, I will not. I don't care what the psychiatrist's way, what the psychologist's way, what the school's way, God's way, God's way, God's way, the end. Does it match the Bible or does it not? The end. And then we will be spiritually mature. Well, Craig, that sounds great, man. Can we get that done next week? Well, no. We got potty training. Then we got to get rid of the passy, the bubba. Then we got to then we got to get you a toddler bed. Then we got to teach you how to stay in the toddler bed. Then we got to teach you how not to fall down the stairs. Then we got to teach you to read. Then we got to teach you to write. Then we'll get into some math. And we're not even to kindergarten yet, hardly. It takes time, church. That's why you sacrifice. You choose. You choose. You choose, but it's a long-haul choice, and it's hard. It's difficult, and nobody can do it alone. This is why Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're connected for a few days, you'll grow for those days, and you will wither as soon as you let go. 
This is why I reach out to people who haven't been in church all the time, and I start with, how are you doing? And most of them lie to me. <laughs> no, we're fine. Six months. Well, we're, we're fine, but I'm, I'm really struggling. Yeah, you are. I don't say that. I say, what can I do? How can I help? I can't diagnose you unless I know what's going on. I can't figure out what you need if I don't know where your emptiness is. If you're hungry, I know to give you food. If you're thirsty, I know to give you drink. If you're lonely, I know to sit next to you. I don't have to talk to you. Some of you don't think I can do it, but I can. I can sit with you and say nothing. But I got to know what you need. Now, listen. I know that this is hard, okay? But the hammer on the tool hits hard to shape the tool, right? The knife, when it's sharpened, it has to grind the stuff off. Every piece of growth is hard and it's time to grow. You've just got to make up your mind. Do I want to stay where I am? Or do I want to be more like Jesus? Do I want to be a fan of the church? Or do I want to be a part of the church? Do I want to be a baby forever? Or do I want to be a fully grown, mature disciple of Christ on my way to what God made me to be, understanding the depths of what he wants me to teach, reading and grasping the meat of his message and growing in righteousness so that he can say, well done, good and faithful servant. What do you want? Not with your lips, with your life. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice and let the growth let the glory, let the fun, let the joy begin. Hard? Absolutely. Like climbing a mountain. Hard on all the parts. But you have no idea what you're about to see at the top. No idea. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Um, Preston's going to be able to probably find a song pretty easy that he can just play. And I, I kind of slid our prayer time to the end. We've just got a, a few minutes. Um, but you and, you, and God, you and God need to have some face time in this worship this morning. You and God need to have a heart to heart. I've seen some real jittery folks in here. I've seen some real amen-y folks in here. I've seen some folks that have ignored everything that I have said in here. That's okay. Apollos watered. Paul planted. God grows. I want you to ask yourself a question. If the uh, arrow that says you are here, if it pointed you out, where would you be? Where would you be? Think about that for a minute. Now, where do you want to be? What, what, do you, what do you want your life, your Christian faith? What do you want your, your joy? What do you want your heart to look like? Are you willing to ask God for the help to get there? As this song plays this morning, some of you have some stuff that you're carrying. And the stuff that you're carrying, you can't grow, you can't begin your journey in Christ because you're carrying baggage you don't need. 
It's time to lay it down. Some of you got some stuff you need to lay down, okay? Some of you need to have the bag and get three or four people to help you with this on your journey. That's fine too. Do you know that you were once spiritually mature and you, you've backslidden so far that you can't even recognize yourself? Will you come and ask God for help? Do you want to be uh, uh, the next youth pastor, the next pastor, the next full-time missionary? Are there people in your workplace that you know that you should have shared the gospel with and you did not? Are there people in your neighborhood that you know could be filling these pews and they're not? Are there things in your life that are too hard for you to overcome because you want them but you know God doesn't want them? Will you, will you come and talk to him about that? One song, one time of prayer. Nothing that the pastor can do for you. You and God. Where are you? Where do you want to be? What are you willing to give up to get there? Let's pray about it.
I'd like to say I'd like to say that it's difficult to preach a message like that. But I've been doing this for a long time. And uh, I figured out early on in my time here that, uh, yes, I like it when Laura says, that was good. I like it when Nicole calls me and says, that was good. I like it when Steve says, it's about what he does. I know what that means. but I don't lose any sleep. I don't get any more sleep or lose any sleep anymore. If I were to preach something that wasn't in the Bible, that would hurt my heart. If I were to preach something that God didn't say, that would hurt my heart. If I preach something and somebody gets ticked, oh, well. And that's not, that's not pride or arrogance anymore. It might have been at one time in my life. It's not now. It's a simple matter of I look out across and I think about you and I pray upon you. And yes, sometimes I'm laying in bed when I do that. <laughs> and I want so much more for you. I want so much more for me. So if pushing you is what I have to do, then pushing you it shall be. I love you.